Hey, it's Pat. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. In case you're not familiar with me, I've been helping people retire for over 20 years now, author of the book Save Your Retirement, and host of the Save Your Retirement radio show. Our goal with this show is to provide you with valuable and timely information to help you plan your retirement, or if you're already retired, help you make the most of it. Ultimately, we want to help you use your money to accomplish your goals and dreams and to help you avoid any stress and fear with your finances and instead replace those with confidence and peace of mind. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe so you won't miss future episodes. Also, if you'd like to give us a great rating, it would mean so much to us and it helps get the word out so we can share this valuable information with others. Thank you so much. And now here's this week's episode. This radio show is a paid placement. You've read his books. You see him on television. You follow him on social media. And you can listen to him talk about life and retirement right here, right now. He is Pat Struby, and this is Save Your Retirement, presented by Preservation Specialists. It's a tale as old as time. Governments have debt and leaders who have different ideas about how to address it. Nothing new there. But you might be surprised to learn just how fast our nation's debt grew right from the start of the Revolutionary War. Not only do we have a history lesson for you today on federal debt and government spending, but Pat is also here to cover what you should be ready for in terms of government spending and how it can impact your retirement. We're so glad you're here with us today. This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. And even though it's summertime, we're all in summer mode, we're going to have to do a little history lesson here today, Pat, (laughs) on the history of our government debt. So I hope you are ready for that. Well, and of course, we're going to make that history fun, right, Jen? Oh, yes. So much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting. Doesn't get much more fun than history. And here, here's the thing. Okay, this probably will not surprise you, but our mm. national debt and Congress's actions in addressing it have been front and center in the media recently, right? But sure. the reality is there's nothing new about a nation no. struggling to pay off its <laughs> debt. And I don't know if you realize this, Pat, but from the start, as soon as the Revolutionary War was over, bam, $43 million in debt is what we were already looking at right as soon as the Revolutionary War was over. I mean, and think about what that number would have been in today's dollars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, and they, no, there's no doubt. And, and certainly the Revolutionary War, Civil War, World War II, I know mm. debt spiked in all of those yes. situations. So yeah, we've been dealing with it for a long time. And there's been a lot of people uh, in leadership in our country over the years that have tried to whittle it down or get rid of it completely, but it always rears its head and comes back. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. Um, it's definitely something... It's important to know about and to be thinking about, you know, how it affects you and and your retirement, your finances and your planning. Right. And you mentioned the people who have addressed it. Another little fun fact here. Um, so I told you it was forty three million dollars, the national debt after the Revolutionary War. Um, by 1815, it was up to $119 million because that was after the the War of 1812. President Andrew Jackson, though, sold off a bunch of federal-owned Western lands, and he blocked spending on infrastructure, and he got it all paid off after six years in office. And I I don't know, when you talk about selling off federal-owned Western lands, um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we can get away with that anymore. (laughs) No, that's probably not something we should be counting on. Yeah. (laughs) Although I I, I know there's plenty of people that would probably love that idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. There you go. It's probably not an idea that works as well today, but it it was done. I mean, he he had it paid off, but then unfortunately, uh, it just ballooned right back up again. But there have been people who have tried to put a stop to it. It just keeps ballooning and coming back up again. Yeah, I know some of the founding fathers were very against debt. I remember, you know, studying some of this when I was writing my books, and we are a long, long way from that now. Uh, mm. We have uh, an addiction to spending, and we create more debt and we carry more debt than any credit card company would allow a family to do. So, this is real life, and the can can't be kicked forever. And right. that's why it's important that we're talking about it and talking about how that's going to affect us down the road. Yeah, a couple more highlights from the history of our federal debt, and then we'll start talking about the concerns people have today about this impacting them. But after the Civil War was when we started talking about that B word, billions. We had national (laughs) debt in the billions. It was $2.6 billion. Uh, following the Great Depression and a lot of those government assistance programs that FDR uh, put into place, 
$33 billion. Then after World War II, and we've lent all this money to other countries as well as our own military spending, it's $285 billion. And then that T word comes into play in the 80s and 90s. That's when we get into the trillions in our government spending. So it took a long time to go from millions in federal debt to trillions. And I don't mm. know what comes after trillions. I don't I don't think we want to know, really. No. Uh, yeah, I was going to say billions sounds so quaint. And uh, it is kind of a trick to us because I've, I've seen studies where the, the human mind can't really even comprehend trillions, you know? No. Because uh, it sounds like, it almost sounds like a billion's twice what a million is and a trillion's twice what a billion is. And of course, it's, it's not. That's, <laughs> that's not even close. No. I mean, trillions of dollars, it Holy works out boy. to an unbelievable amount of debt per person in the country. So uh, let's just say they're really big numbers and it's a problem. Yeah. So how do you talk to people about this, Pat, who are concerned about this level of government debt, the nonstop government spending, and then ultimately its impact on taxpayers? How do you uh, walk people through, I guess, an analysis to help them figure out what the impact could be and how do we mitigate this? Yeah, we've, we've had a couple of experts uh, that we've brought into Columbia to speak to our clients, and we've had on the show David McKnight, the best-selling author of the book Power of Zero, and then David Walker, who uh, used to be the comptroller, which is basically like the head CPA of the federal government. And uh, the reason we've done that is we have a very large debt as a country. It's getting bigger and bigger. Every single person who understands these finances and who looks at all the possible answers agrees the only solution that will eventually happen is tax rates have to go up and that's going to have to be across the board you can't just tax the the one percenters and solve that the math doesn't work to try and solve that problem so the why do we care why are we talking about this well our clients are of that generation where they were all told their entire career defer taxes on everything you save because when you retire tax rates are going to be lower and oops, now we have this massive mm-hmm. debt. That would be a pretty nasty <laughs> trick that gets played on you if you're deferring all of your taxes and then you think you're going to be in maybe, let's say, a 15% bracket in retirement. Suddenly you find out you're in a 25% bracket or a 35% bracket because, of course, you don't control the tax brackets. We can't do that. So this is why this is a huge deal. If you've been retired for five or 10 years or if you're going to retire in the next 10 or 15 years, this is a huge, huge issue that you need to be aware of. And if if you've been saving or accumulating or if you've got a nest egg and you haven't really been thinking about how it's taxed, I would definitely tell you, give us a call at 803-9-RETIRE. Our team will put together a tax analysis for you to help you see how those types of uh, changes would affect you in retirement. There is no cost or obligation for listeners of the show. To get started, you just have to call us at 803 803- Nine retire. Talking today with Pat Struby. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists, and I am Jen Rizak alongside talking through the history of our government spending and our federal debt and just giving you a little bit of the, the story behind what we see today, the numbers we see today, which of course our federal debt is in the over $31 trillion at this point. It just keeps climbing. But not only is this issue of federal debt, of national debt, an old issue, but Pat, the back and forth between political parties and between the House and the Senate, this is practically an annual drama. There have been so <laughs> many times we've talked about you know, the different parties having different ideas for how to do this or uh, an administration versus one of the chambers of Congress. So I have some kind of fun audio to illustrate this, um, right. just the fact that we've, we've heard this story before. Let's go back to former President Bill Clinton on oh the debt my. ceiling. Yeah, okay. back in 1996, getting close to 30 years ago. I think it is terribly important that the Congress pass a clean debt ceiling and do it immediately so that we can honor the full faith and credit of the United States and so that those Social Security checks can go out at the 1st of March. All right. First concern there about those Social Security checks. Now we're going to fast forward for a bit. 2011, here is former President Barack Obama again on the debt ceiling. Social Security checks and veterans benefits will be delayed. We might not be able to pay our troops or honor our contracts with small business owners. Food inspectors, air traffic controllers wouldn't get their paychecks. All right. So again, mm. with the concerns. and very now, scary. Very, very <laughs> much so. And now let's jump to this year, 2023, uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy on just the whole back and forth between figuring out how do we come to a resolution. 
They have difference of opinion on both sides. But if the Senate has a different opinion, pass a bill. How Congress works, if you just go back to schoolhouse rock, House passed a bill, Senate passed a bill, they can go to conference, and the president can then decide. But the one thing I do know, schoolhouse rock, they never told you not to negotiate. They told you to work together. And that's what we're doing. That's right. I'm I'm just a bill, right? Amazing. Oh, my gosh. So, again, nothing new here. We've had presidents in the past who have made their statements. You had different ideas coming out of Congress, whether it was the House or the Senate. Um, no, nothing new here, Pat, as far as this debate about how do we address government spending and the debt ceiling. But what's the lesson for people who are worried about the amount of government spending coming out of Washington and the possibility of tax increases impacting them in retirement? <laughs> well, if you're worried about how much uh, Washington is spending, then you are a logical person, I would say. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to be mean about it, but it seems to me that politicians in general, they don't care. They don't care about the financial well-being of our country. They just care about being in control and getting things done that they need to get done. Um, so the reality is uh, the debt's going to keep spiraling upwards. There's nothing going on in our country that would even imply that it would, that would even slow down. So that's where we are. So what we really – like what we were talking about earlier, Jen, we just got to think about what we want to do for ourselves to help protect ourselves and our family. Right. And as we think about that, Pat, the reality is you look at where we are right now with our current tax rates, and we've talked about this before. They went down a few mm -hmm. years ago. Yep. The rates we see right now could be the lowest you'll see for the rest of your life. They went down with that 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, but they expire uh, in 2026. And there could always be other proposals put out there to deal with things like the federal debt that we've been talking about. So really, Pat, it's not a matter of if, but when taxes will go up, we've got to be thinking about this. We do. And, and as David McKnight said, the time is now. This is our opportunity. And this is why this is a big part of our uh, retirement plans we're building for our clients. And that's the reason it is different for all of us. It depends on when you're retiring, depends on your tax bracket now and when you're going to be in retirement, how much you want to spend in retirement, how much you've saved for retirement. And that's why you shouldn't be doing something cookie cutter. We talk about a custom built retirement plan. And part of that is individualizing your tax plan to help you pay less in taxes in retirement. If you don't have a custom built plan for retirement, call us at 803-9-RETIRE. A uh, review with one of our planners is for listeners of the show is no cost and no obligation. To get started, that number is 803-9-RETIRE. That number one more time, 803-9-RETIRE. This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. We'll be back. John Farley here. According to the U.S. Debt Clock, in the time you hear this commercial, our nation's debt will go up by $1.5 million. That's more than $2 billion a day, $15 billion a week. Right now, our debt is over $31 trillion and climbing fast. The question is how do we pay it off? The answer, increasing taxes. Now think about your retirement accounts. Do you want to pay taxes on some of that money now when rates are historically low or later when rates are potentially higher? Whether you should pay taxes now or in the future depends on a lot of things. The team at Preservation Specialists knows what to look for. Our advisors can help you create a plan so your retirement is as tax efficient as it can be. Call 803-9-RETIRE to set up a visit with an advisor at Preservation Specialists. That's 803-9-RETIRE. When taxes go up, will you be ready? Call now, 803-9-RETIRE. Securities offered through Arcadios Capital Member, Finner and SIPC Advisory Services offered through Arcadios Wealth. Preservation Specialists and Arcadios are not affiliated through any ownership. Have a question for Pat? Here's an easy new way to ask. Click on the radio tab at retirewithpat.com and record your question directly on the website. That's retirewithpat.com and click on radio. Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Jen Rizak here alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. He is the author of the book, The Retirement Secret, and Save Your Retirement, both of those books. And he is here as we talk a little bit about the different stages of your financial life. And we're actually going to go back, Pat, beyond just preparing for retirement. I mean, think about how nice it would be if you knew then some of the things you know now when you think about when you were mm. younger. You know, I, I saw this post on LinkedIn that went, I don't know, does it go viral on LinkedIn? I don't know if that's <laughs> right. But it got a lot of responses from people 
sharing words of wisdom they wish they would have known back at age 20. Somebody actually posed that question on LinkedIn and got a ton of responses about it. So I have to ask you, Pat, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Especially to think about your kids being around that age. Yes. Well, Jen, so I didn't tell you this ahead of time, but I'm kind of lucky here because I'll take you back a second. So someone gave me this idea for this list of questions, just kind of interesting conversational questions. Uh And to pick one anytime Janelle and I are going out for a date night. And so what I do is I text her one that morning and then we talk about it on the date, which is pretty cool. And some of them are fun and some of them are more serious. So this is actually the question that I had on our last date night. But the trick was you could only answer in three words or less. Oh, Pretty tough, right? Oh, really tough. So my answer was, I'm going very deep here, but my answer was just trust God. And my reason for that is, one is, you know, of course, in belief, you know, understanding that God has good plans for us. And, but the other one is just, you know, I think when we're younger, you just stress about little stuff and you don't all of us look back and think, why was I so worried about that? You know what I mean? And I tend to have that more, you know, I probably was a little more, you know, thinking of college years and things like that. I was more worried about got to get the A on the midterm and all those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. And if I, you know, some of that served me well, of course, but if I would have just relaxed a little bit and just trusted, that's my advice. So I don't know if you have anything you want to follow that up with. Well, and I, I think, gosh, thinking back as someone who was 20 years old when I got married, I'm thinking your advice here for your date night idea and just how to have something like that, that conversation to keep going. I think that's great advice for all it's the cool, young yeah. people who maybe aren't there yet relationship-wise, but that's some pretty good advice too, just what you guys are living there with that. But yeah, when I think about advice for my 20-year-old self, it would just be slow down, just slow mm-hmm. down. You know, you don't need to be this worried about the next thing because you know you're worried about finishing school and then buying a house and and having a this and having a that and it's just slow down it'll come when it comes you know that's really what I think here's the other thing shifting to the kind of financial side here which is also important back when you were 20 whether you knew it or not you were laying the groundwork toward your financial success later in life and you know we talk a lot on this show about the stages of retirement but financial planners say there are five financial stages of life and so we're going to shift a little bit younger than what we normally would <laughs> on the show but you know Pat your clients probably have kids or grandkids in this stage and maybe they're asking questions about you know how they can help the next generation find that solid financial footing. Yes, absolutely. And that's exactly right, Jen. It's, um, you know, people that are well into retirement, sometimes it's their grandkids, you know, coming out of high school or college and getting their first jobs. But a lot of our clients, you know, as they're approaching retirement, you know, may have kids in that same age or, you know, in high school. And so they're kind of thinking about these things. And, you know, there are tried and true things that we want to be thinking about when you are starting on your own, essentially. And simple ideas like living within your means, you do want to establish a good credit history. One of the great pieces of advice I was given when I was very young is that there's two types of people in the world, people that pay interest and people that earn interest. Mm. And that's oversimplified, but it makes the point of, you know, if you have all your credit cards maxed out, you're probably not going to, you're not putting yourself in a position to accumulate wealth, you know, a nest egg and things like that. And then the other thing, of course, we would always talk about is just start thinking about what do you actually want to accomplish that applies to your finances, Mm -hmm. you know, because it doesn't matter how disciplined you are if you're not actually thinking about what your goals are, then there's no way to work towards them. So I think those types of things is where we would start. Yeah, I think those are really great points. And, you know, after, you know, maybe you're in your early 20s and you're just starting out in your career, you're making some of those initial decisions, then you get into the family and career building years. And I have to say, this might be an exciting time because maybe you're starting to earn a little bit more. But if you're building your family as well... You are spending a lot of money. Let's talk about the big financial steps that are happening at this point in your financial life. Yeah. So this is where, um, you know, for a lot of people, it's like kind of like just getting your financial footing, getting started. And then maybe you're getting married, maybe you're having kids. Of course, that's not for everyone, but for so many people. And that's where you are becoming, you know, your life gets so much more complicated. And, you know, we we made a little hit list here. These are things where you're like thinking about, do you want to help pay for college? Do you have all the types of insurance you need? You know, if something happens to you, you probably need some kind of life insurance to make sure your family's protected, health insurance, disability 
disability insurance? Um, do you have a will, just a basic will set up? Do you have anything designed for retirement? And this is where we kind of joke about this is where your financial junk drawer starts to occur, mm-hmm. right, Jen? Because yep. we meet people that are, you know, retired or about to retire, and they may have done a lot of great things, but there's no cohesive plan to put those things together. And so that what happens is, of course, when are you most busy? You maybe, you know, I've, my girls right now are five and six. It feels pretty busy, you know? Yeah. You got, you're, you're accumulating all these things. How do you get those all organized? Uh, there's so many steps to that. And that's one of the reasons we encourage you. If you're not sure if you really even have a financial plan or if you know you don't have one, we always encourage you to give us a call at 803-9-RETIRE. We call our process a five-step retirement review. There's no cost and no obligation. And that's what it's designed to do, give you a chance to talk to a planner and see where you're at right now and see if you're on your way to accomplishing the goals that you hope you can accomplish. All you have to do to get started is call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. Talking today with Pat Struby. He is with Preservation Specialists. I am Jen Rizak alongside. Now, Pat, just candidly talking here about these first couple stages of life where you're starting out, you're trying to build your savings, establish that good credit history, avoid debt, make those decisions about saving for the future. Do you work with anybody at all in those first two stages of their financial life? Well, what's awesome about talking about this now, Jen, is for the longest time, you know, early in my career, I'd have clients say, please, please help my kids. And we'd try to do that. But you can't be an expert at everything. And you Mm -hmm. can't also, you can't be focused on being a retirement expert and then shift gears and then talk to someone about paying down their debt and things like that. So we kind of realized that was just a bad idea for the longest time. Well, we have now a team of four advisors and uh, we actually have a program now that's designed for those that are not close to retirement. And that's exciting. Uh, because we have an advisor that loves that and yeah. that's that's passionate about it. So that is something that we have rolled out recently and, well, I guess a while back and more recent, I guess, in my 24 years. Right. <laughs> and it's been exciting to see because it's really one of those things that we know so many of our clients, the number one thing someone says after their first meeting with us, Jen, is, man, I wish I would have done this sooner because it just gives you that clarity of where you're at financially. And so if we can bring that to people earlier in their lives, we just think that's a good thing. Yeah, and it's just so important that we understand that there are different types of financial professionals who maybe do focus on different stages of life or just the financial things that are happening at different times. Talk a little bit about that, what we might be looking for at different stages of life and how do we find the right help at those different points. Yes, I would urge you, if you are thinking about financial advice of any kind, uh, whether it's you know calling an 800 number or talking to a human being that's here locally, first and foremost, just think about what it is that you actually want, and then be completely comfortable asking questions of anyone you're talking to. And the reason I say that is our industry is terrible at giving you clear explanations of what somebody does. There's so many made up terms, financial planner, financial advisor, financial consultant, investment advisor, investment consultant, all these things. And you hear those words and you may think you know what it means, but it may have nothing to do with what that person does. And so it is really, really important to find someone that fits your stage of life. If you are 35 and you're trying to figure all this out, you need someone who knows how to do that and does it every day. If you are, you know, within say five years of retirement, you know, that's what I've been doing for the last couple of decades. That's what most of the advisors on our team love doing. And so those are different things. And so it's just really, really important to find a match there and find someone that is really good at what you're looking for. And it's just, you know, it's like having a doctor, you know, you don't go to a podiatrist when you need brain surgery. And it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with podiatrists, you know, <laughs> they, right. we, we need them if we have a problem with our feet. And so it's exactly the same in finance. It's just harder because the names and the terminology are different. And so that's where we really, really want you to be comfortable just asking those questions. And anyone that's a professional is not going to be offended by you asking someone what their area of expertise is. Um, so if you are interested in talking to someone right now, uh, someone that that has those types of skills that may be able to help you put a plan, look at your plan and, and see if you're on the path, call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. We offer that type of review view with one of our advisors at absolutely no cost and no obligation. That number again is 803-9-RETIRE. There are five stages of your financial life. Three of them happen before your retirement years and those pre-retirement years, those are where the most critical financial decisions are happening. We want to tackle some of those decisions, some of those choices you're facing coming up next. You've heard Pat on radio. Now you can see him on television. 
Tune in Sunday mornings during the 7 o'clock news on WIS-TV, Columbia's NBC Channel 10. To find out more about Pat and the team at Preservation Specialists, visit online anytime at retirewithpat.com. That's retirewithpat.com. Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rizak, happy to be here with Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. And, you know, as we're talking today about the different stages of your financial life, it's probably no surprise that what's right for your money now probably won't be the case in 10 or 20 years. Think about where you were 10 or 20 years ago, what you were doing financially and where you are now. Well, that's going to happen again. And that's why we say there are these stages to your financial life. There are five of them. We're getting ready to talk about the third one. And this is an important one, Pat, your pre-retirement years. And I have to say not only important, Pat, this is an exciting time because by the time you're at pre-retirement, your house is probably paid off. The kids are finally off of your payroll. They are <laughs> doing their own thing. You're in your peak earning years. I mean, I think about that, Pat. I think it probably feels like winning the lottery to be making more money and not dealing with the kids at home. But this is also the time when you cannot afford to screw it up with the wrong financial moves. That's absolutely right, Jen. And by the way, I will say, if you don't have your house paid off and you're at that point, or if the kids aren't off your payroll, you're not alone. <laughs> okay, right. We see That's those things all yeah. the time. But yeah, I mean, things you want to be thinking about at this point is if you have debts left, what is the strategy? Does it, does it make sense to try and pay the house off before you retire? Uh, that is a plan that a lot of our clients that hire us before retirement, that is a plan that they're working on. For some people, that doesn't. it's not even that, that big of a deal or important to do that. So it depends on your personal situation. Mm-hmm. Tied to that is, you know, it's a great time to be really maximizing how much you're plowing into your nest egg, 401k and IRA, Roth IRA and things like that. Um, be thinking about healthcare and retirement, taxes and retirement. And Jen, one thing that I would point out here, uh, one of my favorite investing authors is a man named William Bernstein. And what he talks about is, you know, the kind of the stages of investing throughout your life, which matches these stages we're talking about right now. He actually argues this is by far and away the most difficult time in your life investing wise, because if you are in your 20s and 30s, the job is pretty simple. Um, just try to start, <laughs> you know, right. sign up for the company 401k, get the match, and now you're doing what you're supposed to do. In retirement, it can be complicated, but the goals are really quite simple. You want to generate as much income as you can to enjoy retirement, and you want to preserve your money for as long as possible. But what's happening here in the 5, 10, 15 years before retirement is you are making a transition from growing and accumulating your money into getting prepared to generate income and preserve it. And it's a really, really interesting thing to think about that. But he actually argues it's one of the most difficult things to do when handling your finances. So this is a time uh, when a lot of people hire us, Jen, because they're starting to look at, well, the stock market's up pretty high. Uh, oh, boy, retirement's coming. And maybe the way I was investing for my 20s and 30s and into my 40s, maybe it made sense then. Maybe it's not exactly the way it should be right now. And so that's one of those times where it's very complicated. And it might be very wise to have someone helping you take a look at it. Speaking of taking a look at it, is this a good time or, Pat, when is a good time to get that kind of financial checkup to make sure we're on the right track and and we're on track to retire when we want? Yeah. You know, one thing I would always say is you don't have to worry about talking to someone too early. You know, I mean, the worst case, you know, for someone like us, we offer uh, time with one of our advisors at no cost or and no obligation. So if there's a discussion, you look at things and say, okay, you're on track for now. You probably don't need to hire anybody. Well, there's no harm done. You know, you've built a relationship. Maybe you come back years down the road, you know, Um, and it's the success of your retirement you're talking about. If that's not worth a half hour or an hour, you know, that seems kind of silly. But I would say what I would argue is this is one of the most important and valuable and vital times to consider getting a financial checkup because we all know we want to retire, 
but do you know how you're going to retire? And Jen, I would say the vast majority of people that, that schedule a meeting for us when they're in their 50s or early 60s is because that's kind of on their mind. They're thinking about retirement. They're putting money away into retirement accounts, but they're not really sure how that actually turns into retirement, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's a really, really good time to sit down and talk to somebody because even if you don't need to hire them at that time, it's a very opportune time for one of our advisors to sit down and help you flesh out what your goals actually are and then actually kind of help you see if you're on track for those. And uh, we just get so much positive feedback from that process, Jen, uh, that people just feel like there's a lot of value there. Once again, whether they end up feeling that they need to hire someone at that moment or not. And, And so that's that time in your life when it can be really valuable to kind of take a reset and see where you're at and see if you're on track. Pat, talk a little bit about the transition that happens when we go from saving for retirement, accumulating, building up our savings while we're working, to then trying to figure out how to generate income from that savings. Yeah, so the and this is what William Bernstein was talking about, and to dig into that deeper, uh, what, what he's really saying is, you know, if you can invest reasonably aggressively for growth when you're far from retirement, if it's money that's designed for retirement, of course, let's say your 401k. So however much you can stomach, uh, you can take that risk. And the reason is because when you're 30 and you have money in your 401k, if the market crashes, you literally have at least three decades before you can tap into that money anyway. So it's got plenty of time to come back. That's very different, obviously, on the day you retire, right? So what happens is what you really want to do is you want to see how much risk you can stomach when you're young and then just get money going and automatically, you know, something like a 401k contribution is really the best thing that you can do. When you are in retirement, your goals are completely flipped in the opposite direction. And your first and foremost goal is generating as much income as absolutely possible off of that nest egg for most people, uh, because most people don't have enormous pensions and things like that anymore. And then what goes along with that side by side is how do you preserve the principle for as long as possible? And the reason for that is quite simple. My first villain in my first book, um, Save Your Retirement, was Lady Longevity, because we have a fixed amount of time that we have to cover in retirement. But the problem is none of us knows how long that is, you know, because we don't know how long we're going to be here. So we have to be able to generate income and preserve principle as much as possible. And of course, back in the 80s or 90s, if CDs or bonds were paying 7 or 8 or 9%, then they would actually be kind of simple. But guess what, folks? That's not the case right now. You know, as we're talking, you know, if you can get a CD at 1%, you're usually excited and jumping. So that's not going to fund a retirement unless you've got, you know, tens of millions of dollars, right. you know, sitting in CDs. So this is really kind of the starting point of figuring out, okay, when do I want to start making that transition? And that's different for everybody. But for most people, it's anywhere from a year or two before retirement to as much as 10 or 15 years, depending on so many different variables that affect you. And what I would say is if you're thinking about retirement, but you're not sure how you're going to retire or if you are set up properly for your time of life, that's a perfect opportunity to call us right now at 803-9-RETIRE. What happens is the first step with us is a five-step retirement review um, at no cost and no obligation to sit down with one of our advisors and review where you're at. And, And that is the first step towards building a custom built retirement plan, which helps you determine exactly how to live the retirement of your dreams. Once again, if you don't have a plan put together now, call us at 803-9-RETIRE to get started. Talking today with Pat Struby. He is with Preservation Specialists. I'm Jen Rizak alongside. Talking about these different stages of your financial life. The last two happen during your retirement. So we just talked about those pre-retirement years. In your early retirement years, this is the fourth stage. This is an exciting time, too. You're probably wanting to do all those big bucket list items and, and really enjoy that time. How do you create a spending plan, though, Pat, so you can enjoy those early years without worrying that you're going to be just blowing through your savings too quickly? Yeah, this is one of those things, Jen, that that just completely floors me when I think about um, how blessed I was to come into retirement planning when I did. It's been 24 years now. And literally 24 years ago, there was almost no thought or analysis given to this. Mm -hmm. You know, there was no one was really thinking about it. Because, you know, if you think back, you know, a generation or two ago, most people were retiring on pensions and Social Security. And suddenly we look back now and all of a sudden we all have to create our own pension, right? We we have this pile of money and we got to figure out what to do with it. So what happened a couple of decades ago is a lot of people would retire and they didn't really think about longevity or inflation because they figured, well, I've got, you know, income, it'll probably 
probably work out okay. And then what happened was we started realizing, no, we need to plan for inflation. And then everything was being projected out into the future. What we're finding now is it is so important. That's why we believe so strongly in a custom-built plan, Jen, because everyone is different. And some people, like you said, have those big bucket list items. Well, we don't want you to skip out on your bucket list just to make sure that you've got extra spending money when you're in your mid-80s or mid-90s. That doesn't make any sense, right? right. So we want to dictate, we want to create a plan that works for you and all of your goals. And that may mean having a little, you know, maybe a travel budget early in your retirement. Or maybe someone else is more, they have a lot of longevity and health costs in their family. Maybe they do want to have more of kind of that reserve bucket for down the road. That's okay. Uh, it's all about figuring out what are the things that are important to you and building the plan. And that's why we love having it created for each of our clients completely individually and trying to help them fit for the lifestyle and the things that they've always wanted to do in retirement. And then, Pat, the final phase of your retirement would be kind of those final years when do we need to start planning for this and thinking about things like the estate plan and our legacy goals? Yeah, so this is, it, it depends on how big of a priority it is for you, right, Jen? I, I would say that a, a very common time someone might come in to see us is, you know, between one and five years before retirement. And, you know, we're asking them about, you know, what they're trying to accomplish and we're asking them kind of where they're at right now. One of the things we'll ask is, do you have any legal documents like a will? And if it's a married couple, they often look at each other and kind of chuckle and say, yeah, we had one drawn up when our first child was born. Mm-hmm. And that's a very, very common answer. And <laughs> you we know, didn't the, put and... the other kids in it because we never got <laughs> around right. to it. Well, hopefully the lawyer says, and whatever other kids. <laughs> or whatever, right. you know what I mean? So, right. uh, but yeah, so it's one of those things where for most people that it's, it, to your point, this is kind of that last stage and okay, let's get our affairs in order. And so that means, you know, having the proper legal documents and then where your financial planner comes in is tying those in with the rest of your plan. Are all the beneficiaries named properly? Um, do we have things named properly so that you pay as little taxes as possible, but also your heirs pay as little taxes as possible? So there's a number of things that can be done to bring all of those things in together. And once again, that's why we talk about it being a cohesive, comprehensive plan, because we want all those areas working together. Pat, how do we get started on a plan to make sure that savings will last all the way through until the end of our retirement and that if we've got legacy goals, that those are taken care of as well? Yeah, I mean, I love this idea of the five stages, you know, as we're kind of looking at our financial lives, Jen, and in each stage, we have uh, unique uh, things that are working for us, things that are challenging. And I've been so fortunate to have been a financial planner for 24 years right out of college. And this is what we love to do. And the reason we love to do it is we see how it brings so much value to people into their lives. So if you are worried about your financial plan, if you've never had a financial plan, if you've got a financial junk drawer full of policies and retirement accounts, and you're not sure how any of that works together, those are all tremendous opportunities to call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. What we do is we start you on a five-step retirement review at absolutely no cost and no obligation, which is an opportunity to look at those areas with one of our advisors. Once again, to get started, all you have to do is call now at 803-9-RETIRE. We have more coming up on Save Your Retirement, but now it's time for today's Medicare Minute with author and Medicare expert, Tim Hanbury. People get confused about the home health care benefit under Medicare. Medicare does cover home health care. However, Medicare will only cover part-time or intermittent skilled nursing care. This means you may be able to get a home health aid and skilled nursing services provided if it's less than eight hours a day and fewer than 28 hours each week. Other covered services at home include physical, occupational, and speech therapy services, medical supplies, and durable medical equipment. All services will be coordinated by a Medicare-certified home health agency that services your area. If you have an Advantage plan, they may require you work with an agency they contract with. Most times, people call me looking for solutions for services that Medicare considers custodial and are not covered. Things like help with bathing, dressing, walking, using a bathroom, or preparing meals. There are short-term home health care insurance plans that can help offset the cost of custodial care and are reasonable in cost. While these plans can be helpful, they are not a substitute for long-term care planning. Please make sure this is part of the discussion with your financial planner. Visit Tim's website, MedicareBlueprint.com, to download a free copy of his book. Or if you would like to talk with Tim, call 803-9-RETIRE to schedule a consultation. To schedule a visit for your own customized five-step retirement review, call right now, 803-973-8473. 
That's 803-9-RETIRE. Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rizak, happy to be here alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. He is the author of the books Save Your Retirement and The Retirement Secret and talking today about, as we always do, uh, preparing for planning for retirement. You think about that word planning. There are some things that are fun to plan in advance. You think about vacations and weddings and and birthday parties and retirement although surprise parties i don't enjoy planning that i think that is one of the most stressful things <laughs> on the have you ever planned a surprise party for someone pat it is very very stressful different yeah level. i i'm afraid when i even know it exists mm-hmm. you know you're just afraid that you're going to say something or yes. tip something and the whole thing is going to be ruined so yeah that's that's yeah. very extremely uh Put you on edge. Yes. I mean, you're planning for a party, but it it is still stressful. But you think about how much I I almost enjoy some of the planning for vacations and the daydreaming about it almost as much as the actual trip. You just have this anticipation building. It can Mm -hmm. be a lot of fun. But then there are other things that are just as important, but much harder to plan. You think about things like your your final wishes or your funeral, those types of things. It is hard to buckle down and do this now, but it is so much easier on your loved ones. And I know that really took a turn there. That's kind of a, <laughs> a heavier conversation. But Pat, I think all of us have experienced the pain of trying to deal with funeral arrangements and and our own grieving when a loved one dies. This is so hard to do. Have you learned anything with your own personal experience with this and and the value of making some of those decisions ahead of time? I have, uh, and I, I've been fortunate that I have not been the lead person on a you know close family member. My sister passed uh, a long time ago, and uh, when I was an adult, and so I was involved in that process, mm. and so that that was the closest that I've ever been. Um, and it reiterated what I've seen secondhand through so many clients, because yeah. uh, we've had so many clients lose a parent, lose a spouse. That's been, you know, certainly working with retirees. That's just that's just real life, you know. And uh, and then that's where you see so many things uh, that can make things easier or better, and so many things that can make things harder. And you know, of course, everyone's different, so people are going to handle it differently. Uh, but there's so many things that we can do to it really is a gift to your loved ones, you know, by having these things done. And, and your analogy is so appropriate, Jen, that. There are things that are really fun to plan. This is definitely not one of them. And it's right. it's one of those classic examples we talk about with our clients is this is just this is eating your vegetables. This is doing yeah. the things that you you know you should do that you don't want to do. And, you know, the number of times, you know, we'll take someone who comes in and hires us and let's say they're a couple of years from retirement and they're successful and they're smart. And we say, you know, what kind of estate plan do you do? And they immediately kind of look down and they kind of look at each other and they look embarrassed as well. We did a will, you know, 30 years ago and it was on <laughs> a backside of a napkin or whatever right. it was. And we say, that's what everyone says. That's okay. You don't right. have to be embarrassed by that. You know, that's part of this whole process of hiring a planner to help you build the plan. Yeah. So that's all part of the experience. And that's part of what we're here for is, you know, we aren't the attorney to actually do a will or a trust or anything right. like that, but we we have those and we can speak the language and help help it make it easier to get through that process. Right. And so I want to I wanna break this down into a couple of Uh, categories, I guess, when we're talking about planning for our final wishes and just taking this head on, confronting this head on. Um, Obviously, we want to talk about some of the things that you were just mentioning when you look at that legacy planning and the financial planning side of it. But also, there can be value in thinking through some of the specifics about your own uh, celebration of life or, or funeral or just making some of those decisions because I've seen both sides of this too, Pat. My grandma just never thought it would be something that she wanted to deal with and she just said, I'm just going to let let everybody figure it out. And my mom <laughs> and her sister, the number of just straight up arguments they got into mm, over yeah. what how things were going to go because they're stressed, they're grieving. My grandma yeah. died very yeah. unexpectedly. So all the emotions were just ramped up. But then my grandpa, uh, my mom's dad, 
he passed um, earlier, uh, not not too long ago, within the past year. And the the music director during the funeral paused for a moment, and he said, "I just got. I just have to share this story that several years ago he was up on stage rehearsing before Sunday services, just a normal random Saturday afternoon, practicing for the next day." And he looks up, and my grandpa is standing there in the sanctuary, like, flagging him down, trying to get his attention. And he stops, and he says, what? (laughs) What, Don? And my grandpa said, I just want to give you really quickly the rundown of the songs that I want you to sing at my funeral. Here it is. (laughs) Here's the list. Hang on to it. Yeah. (laughs) He just, like, he just went in. He knew exactly what he wanted. He got it out of the way. It was wow. like, okay, you can either totally put it off or you can make some of those basic decisions that just just makes it a little bit easier on yeah. everybody else, right? Well, and it's one of those things where if you take the emotion out of the situation, there's a lot going on. It's a complicated right. process and time. Uh, and then, then you add in the emotions of it. I mean, mm. my goodness. And you know, I think about the number of times we've helped a you know a spouse when when their spouse passed away yeah. you know we're working with a married couple one of them passes away when we're working with the surviving spouse and it is unbelievable the number of complexities and and crazy things like oh the water company won't take the uh, deceased spouse you know these right. things that are like you're thinking and of course and then you've just lost someone that you've been married to for 20 40 50 years and you're dealing with that so yeah that that's you're exactly right and and I think of you know when my sister passed my brother-in-law asked me to go to the funeral home with him and I you know I Obviously, I was happy to help with the financial right. things and things like that, but I really didn't have a lot of experience with that. But that was my first experience in that environment. And the person came in, and he had the, you know, seven hundred page brochure, and he started. And my my brother in law was amazing. He puts his hand on it and he says, "Let me save us all a little bit of time. Thank you very much. We'd like the, we'd like the cheapest option." <laughs> you know, he just got to say, "Hey, we you know because they had the opportunity to talk about it beforehand, yeah. and so she yeah. was going to be cremated. So so it's any of those things where it kind of saves you the the heartache and the grief of uh, of going through it. I think you know there's certainly value of that. And again, we're not saying it's a fun process to go through, but that's kind of those the thing the questions yeah. you're answering when you're doing estate planning is to give you the peace of mind that you've done it and that you've done it for your family. And then you could always go back and change it. But so much of that stuff, you do it once, you don't have to think about it again. Yeah. And I, I think I can I think I can confidently make the statement None of us are at our best when we are <laughs> in a situation like that where we're dealing with grief, we're dealing with stress. None of us are going to make our our best decisions. And certainly when we're talking about really big decisions on the financial Mm -hmm. side, Pat, I know there's some common advice that maybe wait, wait a year to make a big financial decision or something along those lines. But there are going to be some things that have to be taken care of in the immediate. And sometimes you might be one of the first people who gets contacted by the family after, you know, a client or something passes away. What are some of the things that you go over with the spouse or the children of a client who has died? Not talking about a big like investment decision or money move type of decision, but what are some of the things that you're going to need to talk about with them in the immediate uh, in the immediate time frame? Yeah, and you hit on a lot of good things there, Jen. One of the first things we always assure them of is there's very little that they have to do in the first week or two. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes and and you think about it, again, of course, it could be a parent or God forbid a child, but if mm, but yeah. taking the example where where we see a lot with a spouse, um, there are things that are going to be affected pretty dramatically. Um, you know, your so- social security is probably going to change. If there's a pension, that may change. Um, you know, ownership of accounts is going to change, and so there's some pretty big stuff. But one of the things I reassure everyone is none of that has to happen in the first few weeks. Uh, and so I think sometimes there's an anxiety of, oh, I got to go talk to. Pat and we got to go sign some forms and get this taken care of. You don't have to do anything. But that, that, like hmm. you said, that is like the most emotionally charged time of your life. Yeah. Uh, and so we want you to be able to spend time with your family to grieve. Um, the one kind of practical tip that I was given as a very young advisor that has proven to be true is when you're going through the process and they're asking you about 
certified death certificates, they're probably going to recommend you get a lot of them. It's going to sound like way too many. It's not <laughs> yeah. too many. You, yeah. You're going to need, because every, like like we talked about, every account is going to require one. Uh, every every investment account, every savings account, every utility, um, the, the, the certified death certificate is going to be one of those practical things that needs to get done. And then the final thing I'll mention, Jen, is you're absolutely right about major decisions about, think of where you want to live or how your investments are going to be set up. None of that stuff has to be decided in the first few months. Give mm -hmm. that some time. Uh, and that, that uh, we have found uh, for most people, of course, we all grieve differently, but for most people, that is the best advice uh, and gives them peace of mind and then allows uh, them to make significant decisions when they're more prepared to do so. Right, right. As far as some of that basic planning in advance, just talk a little bit about how this legacy planning piece, how this fits into your overall process and just some of the basic things that, that you often recommend that people have done for, for this whole like legacy planning part of this. Yeah, I mean, we talk about, you know, a, a complete retirement plan is going to have five areas. And there's three that I think you and I kind of live in on, a you know, in, a, during the show, which is uh, your income plan, and your tax plan, and then your investment plan, because for most people, their investments are going to create the income, which of course is going to affect your taxes. So all three of those are very tightly wound together. The other two are your health care an insurance plan, and then your estate plan. And of course, neither one of those is the most fun and exciting <laughs> you know, nice. idea. So they kind of get pushed to the side, but they do relate to each other as far as you know, having things like a, there's one section of, of items, which is kind of the legal stuff, which is, do you have a will? Does a trust make sense for you? Uh, do you have things like a power of attorney for healthcare and for your finances? Do you have a living will as far as you know, you know, end of life planning and things like that? Uh, and then that ties into what you were mentioning, Jen, things like funeral planning and things like that. Do you want to prepay for that? Uh, you know, and different different clients of ours have different opinions on that. So we, you know, kind of help them talk through that kind of planning uh, and, and those kinds of things as well. And then you have the things that are a little more directly related to what we do, which is making sure the ownership is done properly, making sure the beneficiaries are done right. I, uh, we're actually working with a, a friend's mom right now. Her mom passed away. She had a very substantial uh, multi-million dollar account and the brokerage firm never put beneficiaries on it, which mm. is completely mind boggling Yikes. to me. So this is causing major problems for their family. And of course, you know, it's an emotionally charged time. So they're frustrated. So, um, so there are things that your financial professional should be helping you out with as well, but also there's some legal things. And then of course, personal preference. So I think those three areas are, are the thoughts that come to mind that are important to be considering. So, Pat, for people who maybe they haven't taken some of these steps or they're not quite sure how this legacy piece fits into some of the other things that they have going on with their retirement plan, what's going on with their income and Social Security and all of this, talk a little bit about how we get started. What's the first step for starting to put all of this together? Yeah, the beauty of our process, Jen, is it is it's custom built for you. So that even includes what's most important to you. So if your income plan, if you're not sure what's going on there, then that's going to be a really important thing. But maybe your estate plan, maybe getting things taken care of so your spouse is protected or your kids are protected, maybe that's what's most important to you. So uh, the opportunity to talk with one of our planners is the opportunity to talk about what you care about, what you're worried about, what you want to accomplish. And so that's the first step, uh, having that conversation. And then we see where it goes and we see if there's ways that we can help. And the beauty of it is for listeners of our show, there is absolutely no cost or obligation to get started. Um, all we ask you to do is call us at 803-9-RETIRE. Once again, to get started, that's 803-9-RETIRE. This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Be sure to tune in again next time for more insights from Pat. And we'll talk to you then. Have a great week. Miss a show? Listen to Save Your Retirement online at your convenience. Go to the radio tab at scpreservation.com. Securities offered through Arcadios Capital, member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Arcadios Wealth. Preservation specialists and Arcadios are not affiliated through any ownership.